Please read with me John 6, 56 through 59, which is found on the front page of your bulletin. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult, who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the early church, you were not allowed to take Holy Communion until you had gone through a very long process and joined the congregation officially, which was done on Easter Sunday took a couple of years and a lot of work in the community and exorcisms and all sorts of things. But because of that, because you were not in Holy Communion, rumors spread. Those Christians, they eat the body and blood. They're cannibals. That was a rumor spread in the early church. And as bad as that is, There is something even worse in these words, harder than even that to hear. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for your word. We are grateful that we have the Holy Spirit to interpret, to counsel, to tell us what it means for us today, for me today. Give us ears to hear and lives that do. In Jesus' name, amen. In the city of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, the broken end of a high-voltage wire was lying on the pavement the very same pavement along which an engineer was walking, the very same engineer who was completely unaware of the fact that he was about to be fried. 
a worker saw the danger and he yelled out to the engineer to warn him. But his voice was drowned out by the noise of the city. Well, thinking fast, that worker picked up a stone and he threw it as hard as he could and hit the engineer in the chest. Well, that got the engineer angry, angry enough to stop and look up. And when he did, he saw just how close he was to stepping on that wire. Well, tearfully, he thanked his colleague for saving his life. I imagine that getting hit by a rock had to hurt. I also imagine that stepping on a high-voltage wire would have hurt a lot more. Now, why did the worker do that? Did he harbor some sort of grudge against the engineer? Did he just not like the engineer and just decided to throw a rock at him? Of course not. He did it to save his life. It was a loving act of concern. Today, you and I are witnesses to such a loving act of concern done by Jesus. Everything was going good. In fact, everything was going great. Jesus was enjoying tremendous popularity. Jesus was so popular that when he and his disciples tried to get away from the crowds, they went to the lake on the other side, and the throngs of people who had been following Jesus kept on following him. They hiked all the way around the lake just to be with him again, about 10 miles. Jesus was so popular. These were the days when Jesus fed maybe 10,000 people with just five little loaves and two little fish. And that was all it took, literally, to start a feeding frenzy. Jesus was so popular. He was so popular uh, that some in the crowd wanted to take him by force and make him the political Messiah over all of Israel. Jesus was that popular. Jesus was no first runner-up. Jesus was no Mr. Congeniality. Jesus wore the sash and crown, and in his case, it was the very crown of heaven. And then he goes and does it. He ruins it all. You know what he did? He preached a sermon. And a mass exodus among his followers occurs. 
You see, some of his followers had the kind of faith that saves. And many of his followers has the kind of faith that doesn't. What made them walk away from Jesus? Jesus called himself the bread of life. You see, Jesus was done being proclaimed as prophet and miracle worker and fast food provider. It was time to reveal himself as the giver of eternal life. The one sent from heaven, sent directly from God. You and I hear that and we don't think anything of it. We know all that's so true. It is the meaning, the heart of our lives, of our faithful living. But to hear it back then, it was blasphemy to make such statements. Unless, of course, you really are God. But how could Jesus, a man, be God too? It was uncomfortable to be in the presence of what they would have heard as heresy. It was hard to hear. Jesus started telling them the greater truth. But we can understand this. I love Jesus, the good shepherd holding lambs like me, like us. I like the Jesus who invites children to come to him. But with that Jesus, we also get the Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The Jesus that says, leave mother and father and follow me. The Jesus that says, leave the dead to bury the dead. The Jesus who says, if a thief steals your coat, give him your shirt also. But they didn't want to hear it. Jesus is preaching. If you follow me, I will be your bread. I will satisfy you. But the crowd did not get it. That's great, Jesus. That's really good stuff. Really good. But that bread yesterday was pretty tasty. Maybe you could give us more of that. They are settling for something much less than what Jesus has for them. And Jesus starts throwing rocks to save their lives. They've settled for what pales in comparison. Bread for a day or eternal bread for eternal life? 
it doesn't seem like a hard choice to make. In fact, it doesn't seem like much of a choice at all. Do you hear it coming? Wait for it. Wait for it. But. But we settle too, don't we? We settle for less, for far less. It might be job, a promotion, a relationship, money, power, health, even family and friends. All important. All good in their own ways. But none of them the bread of life. But we are certain Without them, we will surely die. Jesus tells us something different. Recently, I started the keto diet. Anybody been there, done that? In case you don't know, it's a low-carb diet. No breads, no pasta. Did you hear me? I said no breads and no pasta. I'm going to die. For me, doing without bread is a choice I can make to lose weight or to live a healthier lifestyle. For the people of Jesus' day, bread was survival. Without it, they would die. What is our bread? That thing that without it, we will surely die. It could be as simple as a cell phone. Try to take a cell phone away from a millennial, someone really is going to die. What is our bread? You see, Peter got it right. Where else is there to go? Who else is there to go to? You have God. What do you have over here? That comes even close. And yet we settle. Because anything less than Jesus, that's what it is. It's just settling. Amen.